Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Hello everybody and welcome to We Say Things episode 56. My name is Sunspan. Joining me for the first time ever is Cinderin with a backdrop. Hello. And you're... Your mouth Hello. is not covered. I just realized this. What the? I can't oh, even shit. recognize you. Oh, yeah, now my. it's bad. Now I actually have to. Maybe I should change my setup back. Hmm. You look so I much can't better. Have people see me like this. With a not only the microphone not covering your entire freaking face, but an actual backdrop. What happened? What is this all about? But Don't this is only going to be one week. <laughs> oh. One episode, you will get to enjoy this. Then the mouth will be covered again. It's a special edition. Uh, yeah, so basically right now there's a tournament going on in Dota called Blast Bounty Hunt um, that I'm covering, which is also the reason why we delayed till today because I had some uh, some stuff to do for that yesterday. Um, yep. And they've sent us some production stuff. That's why I'm using a different headset, different camera. I have lights in my room. I have a backdrop. Um, so yeah, they they really went hard on on making it like a studio feel in people's homes. Uh, and I don't want to change all my setup around to record this episode. So we're doing with this. Uh, I, I I do know the sound quality is a little bit different than usual. Um, oh, sure. we didn't even test. We I'm didn't sure even test the the audio, did we? <laughs> Hopefully, this is fine in terms of the balance. Let's do a quick test yeah, live, Cinderin. Speak. Say okay. banana hammock. Banana hammock. Right, you're a tad low, but it's. I, I think it's okay. I just won't scream. All right. Um, make sure next time you say banana hammock, you're just louder. Okay. I mean, I could put my mic a little bit higher. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like. Yeah. That's very nice. Okay, let's do uh, Patreon right. shoutouts. Um, you do the first half this time. Sure. Let me find them. Yes. I opened way too many things because you sent not me prepared some as usual. Okay. Here we are. All right. So as always, guys, thanks to everybody who is contributing to our show through Patreon. Uh, it's been it's been great. And we obviously hope you guys want to keep supporting it if we keep putting out the content regularly. Um, the In Bruges tier, which is the highest tier you can do, uh, we will be giving a special shout out to at the start of every episode, as you guys probably know already. But here we are. Uh, underscore. Ben Broomhead. Ben Jackson. Bulba the Lulba. Chosnek Pizda. DG. Deon Shy Guy. Dent underscore head underscore man. <laughs> Dop, dyslexic lawyer. Fane. Fred the pleb, not Fred Fred. And freshly seasoned goat balls. Shannon, you go. I wonder if I need to look at if Dent Headman is somebody new or <laughs> they just yeah. renamed. Yeah, people can change their names all the time. So. Uh, the other half is happy 30th birthday, Alex Chow. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hoey. 988 period Houston Adamo. We actually have a lot of new people here this week. Jay Hunter, Anonymous, Lick with a Y, by the way. Puco, Poop Feast 420, Pitch Black, Ronnie Keel, 
Say my name like ogre, please. <laughs> is that a request or is that your name? I could try something like that. Shark that trademark. More like Shrek. Shut up. Wait, Terry Tip, the coward, tickles, fellowship of the ping, and wooden aftertaste. I mean, I used to be able to do the peon voice, kind of. It was like, it really hurts my voice when I, let me see if I can do it. Okie dokie. How are you doing? Oh, work, that's pretty work. good, actually. <laughs> it hurts a lot. <laughs> work, work. Ah. <laughs> ah, anywho, Cinder, and I know this is the Excellent. thing that you've been looking forward to the most in this episode. First of all, obviously, thank you to the, our Patreon supporters, as you were saying. The NBA, Cinderin, it is officially announced that they have agreed to terms. Only one team voted against the proposal. It was the tr- Portland Trailblazers. I'm not sure why, but they randomly did. It was a 29 to 1 vote. The NBA will resume their season of sorts, a shortened version of the season, July 31st in Orlando, in actual Disney World, Cinderin. Not even joking. They apparently have a basketball wow. facilities there. It's in Disney World. 22 out of the 30 teams will be there. You, They will all play eight regular season games. I don't remember how many were originally. I think there was 20-something left. So this is quite shortened version. Um. It's based on record alone and not like East versus West. So nine teams from the East got into this regular season thing and 13 in the West, which does include the Suns barely. We wow. just got I in. Just we saw the standings. Team. You guys are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> and so after Sorry. you play the eight regular season games, they take the top eight in each conference. So the East, only one team is going to be left out. And for the West, there's five, right? Uh, now, the way yeah. that it works is the top eight from the West will get in, but if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, Cinderin, then there's a play-in where those two teams will play each other, and it's... What's the best way to even describe this? If the eighth seed wins one game out of two, they are in. Out of the, three? No, two. Or just out. The, the, okay. the ninth seed has to win both games... Gotcha. To yeah, go, go to the playoffs. Uh, that's actually similar to a format that uh, StarCraft used to use, if you remember this. in um, There was a time where instead of having a winner's bracket advantage of one game, you considered losing a series, losing a life. So if you got to the grand final oh. of StarCraft, hmm. the player from the upper bracket had to win one best of three, and the player from the lower bracket had to win two because you needed to take both other players' lives away. Right, um, yeah. No, so that's... it's kind of similar to that, actually, where... The eighth place team then has an extra life, basically. Yep, right? that is a That's really very interesting. Good I haven't comparison. heard of that in sports ever. I think me neither, uh, uh, but I know it from esports. So, so we talked about how they might do some unique stuff. This is this is one of them. Uh, but yep. the playoffs, like I said, are going to be exactly the same as always. So nothing's going to be changing that department. But okay, so in your unbiased opinion, yes, why are the Suns part of these twenty-two teams with such an, a god-awful scoreline? All right, so just to give you guys an idea, the eighth seed in the West, okay, is 32 and 33. That means they're one game under 500. Now, if you keep going down, it's 29 and 37, 28 and 36, 28 and 36, 27 and 36, and the Suns are 26 and 39. Yes, we are definitely the worst of this group, but there were two teams that were far below us. I think the reason is that technically speaking, the Suns could have made the playoffs in the original format. So I think they're taking that into account. So for us to make it, we have to win like six out of eight games and we have to hope that a bunch of teams lose. And it's going to be harder games because we're playing against teams that are all in the playoffs. 
and we're not going to be playing against like these shitty teams uh, that I just aren't invited. Say, it's going to be harder games because we're playing fucking Disneyland. World, actually, there's a huge difference oh. between Disneyland and Sorry. World. I don't know if you know that. My bad. Uh, I only know the Paris one. Yes. So yeah, that's the news from the NBA. Um, it's going to be all right, Shannon. Good luck cool. to your team. Thank you. I hope you win. Hey. I hope you either win or bomb out completely. Those are one of the two would be great. Why? Why know, would you wish that upon me? It's more. I mean, okay. Would you rather bomb out completely or get really close but not make it from your current position? Where it's I'd like, fuck, if we were just won one more game. Okay. Normally, in a versus... normal year, I would say bomb out just because my heart can't take it, right? But mm-hmm. two reasons I would rather it come close and not get in, if anything. Because number one, it's been 10 years since the Suns have made the playoffs. It's miserable. I just realized I've been with Nikki for so many years now. She's never seen the Suns in the playoffs. I feel like I've had so many experiences that with the Suns in the playoffs. That might be why you're still together. She might have something to do with the Suns not making the playoffs. But that's another story entirely. And the second reason is the team needs to win to be able to win later you know they need to learn somehow so getting close could scratch that itch to a degree where next year they try even harder i don't know just a mental mind state type of deal in sports but all right i'll keep you updated cinder i know you're excited yeah i know i am it's it's a riveting tale every time Anywho, starting with the the dotes news uh the main stuff is essentially battle pass related um Valve came out with an update. I'm just going to read the post. I guess it's easier to do it this way. Uh, This one was on June 5th, the original one. In this update, we are rolling back two features to be like they were last year, weekly wagering and recycling slash side shop. The amount of weekly battle uh, battle pass points available from wagering is now the same as last year. Sithil and Quartz Reimagined Side Shop has been shut down. Immortals can now be recycled using the same system as last year. For players that have already recycled Immortals, the system will automatically backfill your progress on this replace system and grant you additional Immortal treasures as appropriate. Any rewards previously earned through the Side Shop will remain in player inventories. And if you still have gold and wish to continue rolling in the Side Shop, you can use the, the command that they're given in the console. As part of this update, we are also removing ticket requirements for the gauntlet. I actually forgot the gauntlet was even a thing. Not going to lie. Um, so that update came out. Do you want to discuss that? Or do you want me to just do the next one as well? Uh, I'll read out the next one straight away. Okay. Because then there was a new update the next day on yeah. June 6th. This update adds an option to allow players who preferred using the side shop to continue <laughs> doing so. With a new option enabled, you'll be able to use recycling to earn gold instead of current of the current mechanic. The option can be toggled on and off depending on your recycling preference at any time. Furthermore, gold will be provided once again through guilds and gauntlets. We recognize that some players may have already spent their gold and consumed their gems since our update Thursday. We will be restoring everyone's gold to the value it was before the update. We will also restore any gems, any spent gems since then. Any items redeemed through the store will still remain in players' inventories. Regarding the state of the bench, we know some players would want it reverted, while others wouldn't. So we added a new button in the side shop to let you choose before taking any action. So basically, Reddit was like, side shop is stupid. I hate this shit. And then Valve changed it. And then the vocal, the other part of Reddit that liked it come out. And they're like, why did you remove side shop? I love side shop. So Valve were like, well, what the fuck? We thought you guys hated it. So then they're like, oh, okay. So we'll put it back in and you guys can choose. How about that? And since then, people have started complaining about other stuff. So I guess that's <laughs> a job well done, right? Oh, I um, love it. it. I don't know why it makes me happy. I know it's really shitty to be in their position, but it's just, it's so comical 
Because the way that you explain it is actually perfect. It's just like a little kid that can't make up their mind. Obviously, Reddit is made, made up of a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions. Yeah. And usually they don't voice those opinions unless they feel like they'll be heard, right? And usually that means negativity. Um, so in its current state, <laughs> what do you think of these changes? <laughs> I'm honestly kind of indifferent because I was fine with the old recycling system and I'm fine with the whole... Um, side shop system so like we talked about at length last time it was an issue with complexity i think and the amount of effort put in and understanding in the whole thing and giving people the choice if they want that complex version or the simple version i don't see any negatives to it right and if you figure out oh this way is mathematically better than the other one well good on you then you use that one uh, i think a lot of people will even if they knew the side shop was worse they would still play it because mm -hmm. then they have the fun of playing it for the people that it's fun for uh, so i i think I think that's fine. Why not? Yeah, yeah I uh, I spent all my... I actually made the mistake of spending my shards, what are those, the red things, whatever those are called, on sets for some reason, because I didn't realize that you could spend it on the consumable stuff, which is actually probably the most value thing you can purchase yeah. uh, to get like the things that you can shovel up or whatever the thing's called, a portal. Yep. So That's what you do. Very sad indeed. Um, but yeah, it, it's just funny that Valve bends their will for Reddit, and it's been getting worse over the years. And this is the most blatant <laughs> uh, event I feel like uh, that describes that relationship. I mean, just you to just a made a really interesting point. I wonder where Dota would be if Reddit never existed. Yeah, and I'm just not the talking dev about forums. like the the popularity of the game or whatever, but the way the game has developed in terms of patches, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I feel like over the years, Reddit has had more and more influence on what gets patched into the game. Because like, this is what the fans want, right? And a lot of the time, I feel like things that get patched into the game that people think they want uh, are either really difficult to implement in a way that retains balance, or it's just impossible. And then you kind of have to choose some sort of fun or crazy factor versus a balanced game. Uh, I guess a good example of it would be like the current kill thing, right? Where people are like, you get way too much gold from killing the enemy team when you're behind or whatever. And the pros kind of agree to an extent and then they patch in that you get way less gold. And now all of a sudden early leads are almost insurmountable. So like you try to find the right balance. I, I'm not saying something like this wouldn't have happened without it. I'm just wondering if it would have been as drastic. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to well, think I, about. The first thing I think about when it's Valve and Reddit is Dire Tide. They begged for Dire Tide to a yeah. to the point that Volvo understands what Dota is now. The literal company <laughs> Volvo. <laughs> and yeah. when they put Dire Tide in, nobody gave a shit because it was a terrible mode to begin with. They don't. Nobody knows what they want. I think that that's probably the biggest thing that they, Valve has come across uh, in their stat gathering. Um. People have absolutely no clue what they actually want. Um, but I think at the end of the day, do you think, uh, I think the consensus among the community is generally, like our opinion is shared, I feel like. Unless mm. there's a lot of people just not saying that they disagree. But the idea that the battle pass is so much less value than before. Level, like you get a level 100 battle pass, it feels like you're not getting anything, really. Like just as an example, I don't have a lot of experience with other battle, other battle passes, but I spent $10 on the battle pass for... Uh, Valorant, Cinderin. and with what a surprise! The, the amount of hours that I have been playing, 
Like within a couple months, I should be able to unlock the entire battle pass myself just mm-hmm. by playing. Like that's yeah. not a thing in Dota, right? This is. I mean, it's a different. It's a different, it mis- different. business model, right? Because. Yes. I feel like you will also not find a battle pass in another game that has a comparable value in terms of like, not in terms of like level 100, like you said, but where when you get to the really cool stuff, I don't think the other battle passes have something similar in my experience was like, this no, is, that's true. you know, I mean, the only other battle pass that I've seen a little bit from has been, I think it's been like Fortnite where it looks like, you know, it's kind of like the entirety of that battle pass feels like you're getting the stuff that you would get by having a level 100 Dota battle pass, right? And then maybe a little bit extra. But in terms of like magnitude and how cool the stuff is and how well designed it is and how much time it's taken, I don't think it's really, it really holds up. So I mean, you can to look me, at our it battle pass extremes. is amazing. But like you said, I feel like the lower end this year feels more scarce in cool rewards. Whereas... When you get to level 300 to 500, I feel like it's the same value as last year. It's so, not even a bit better. I'm so. going to disagree a bit. I think like for Valorant or Fortnite games like that, $10 that gets you the battle pass, wherever the case may be, let's say you spend the equivalent in Dota, you're mm-hmm. not actually unlocking anything equivalent. Like The stuff in the other games is far better than you're going to be able to get in Dota. Uh, it's not until you spend like 100 bucks plus that you start getting this quote-unquote value. So if you think that's worth spending... from level one... You get like the level one battle pass stuff. is $10, right? Uh, yes. So you get a treasure, the music pack, the consumables that can get you more stuff. You get one of each treasure, by the way, which, you know, obviously treasure two and three aren't out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus screen award, the kind of vote I won't count because that's like, it's not in the game. You get the double down token if you like that. Uh, bounties. I mean,. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the a battle pass from another game that's as good value on the $10, but I think you may have a point that with enough time put in, the other games might get worth more. But I think the immediate $10 drop here is not bad. So the way that I'm looking at it is, again, I don't have the stats behind this, but this entire battle pass is catered for whales, right? So if let's say there's somebody out there that likes to spend $10 on a battle pass. Mm-hmm. It, almost, it, it doesn't feel like you're getting much compared to if you spend like if you just literally can't afford to spend a hundred dollars like it feels really bad like it's not like you buy this battle pass and yeah you have some cool stuff you can play with you get a set or two but you don't really have the the aspiration you don't have the it's not realistically going to unlock stuff just by playing like not that much stuff at least right because even if you unlock up to level 100 you're still not getting what like the juicy stuff right yeah so i I think i would have liked a bit more goodies in the lower 150 levels, but I don't think any of them should have been an Arcana, actually. That might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like, you know, you should also look at it the way it is, right? Like, Valve are trying to make money with this, and the Arcanas every other year have been higher tier rewards, so why do people think you should get a cheap one this time? I've seen people saying you should put an Arcana in the lower levels, but, like, does that... I mean, I wouldn't complain if they did it, but I don't feel like it's a disgrace that they haven't done that. Like mm. that, to me, that's okay. That the Arcanas are higher rewards for the people that spend a lot of money. But uh, it would be nice to have maybe a couple extra treasures in the lower end. I think would be an obvious solution because uh, that's something everybody will like because you get a set for your favorite hero or for something. Uh, it might inspire you to play something or whatnot. 
and maybe some of the voice chat as well. Some of the voice wheels, more the more some of the more iconic ones. I'm not sure how much I like that some of the cool ones are as expensive as they are, especially how many of them are really expensive, right? The entire legacy pack. Why does the legacy pack have to be so expensive when it's been used two or three years before? Isn't it about time then that everybody can have it now? Mm-hmm. Like, why is the legacy caster pack? Is it level 655, it looks like? Um, yeah, it's crazy. To me, that one, after you've used it one or two years, why don't you put this as a reward for level 100 to... Have I mean, that could literally that. be a level 20 reward if they're going to recycle it. Even that, yeah. And I know a lot of people love these chat wheels still, but I feel like the logic to me is that the new cool stuff could be a bit more expensive, and then some of the older recycle stuff could be a lot cheaper. Wouldn't you say that? that that's what other games would do, I feel like. Yeah. But I, yeah they must I have a reason for it. I, I mean, know. that just adds to the idea of having less value, right? Because it's literally recycled stuff that's in like the seven hundred level 700s. Uh, and we talked about this last year, the idea, and I, I don't know what level this is in this battle pass, but the voice lines for the casters that are other languages, like SEA, they're super high level to the point where like a lot of those countries, they're not able to spend a lot of money. They make yeah, less they can't money. they get their own voice lines. <laughs> that, that really sucks. Right? That, that makes yeah, me feel bad. That's true. Uh, so that's something I feel like they could make a little bit better value going forward. But... Um, I mean, again, a lot of this could be not even worth, like, this could all be null and void if these arcanas that come out are just, like, fucking god tier. Like, Pudge Persona, even I would go for the Pudge Persona if it's really good. And I don't want to upgrade my Battle Pass any more than I do right now. So, could change my mind. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Something that came out uh, for the first time last year that they're redoing now is the Collector's Cash Battle Pass vote. So essentially, if you're in-game and you're listening to this now, you have a couple days to actually do this if you have not yet. There are 148, I want to say, sets that were made in the... Some of them are actually really old sets that people just resubmitted uh, for this event. But I don't know how many they're going to keep. Last year, there was like 40, so they might have a lot. There might be two different variations of this chest. But the sets submitted this year were pretty freaking amazing. Uh, And you and I... Went through them, and I am very looking forward to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let Let's talk about our favorites. Um, okay, how do you want to do this? Back and forth. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, so the I one have that a I have more than you do, I think, but that's. I mean, I I super fast skimmed, uh, just because we're not showing it on the screen or anything like that. So, yeah. Anywho, uh, there's an Earthshaker set that where his totem is the knight piece from from chess it is have you seen this in game i actually had to go mm. in game and test it and that's Don't the think so. that's the cool thing about having this vote see. in the game is you can see like the top down view which is really important because a lot of the sets look amazing up close but you're never going to see a lot of that detail right so mm-hmm. you see the top down view and then you can go in game and play around with it that enchant totem piece is a plus tier i it's fucking i love it Really, really good. Rest of the sets, meh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, okay. the, the totem is worth it for me, personally. Okay. Um, the first one, I this is in no particular order. I just go through them in the order I have them liked here. Uh, so I really like the new Lena one. Um, I think it's the only Lena set in the cache, which might also give it a, a good chance of getting in, in case Valve don't have any Lena sets planned. Uh it looks really nice. I like the hairstyle. 
Uh, the dress is pretty cool. And then it has this, um, you know how Oracle has this, is it a, would you call it a halo if you have it behind your head instead of over it? You know no. what I mean, right? Oracle has it's this thing, halo, yeah. this like circle behind him floating. Mm -hmm. uh, Lena gets that too at the set and it, it looks really good with the model. So I like that one a lot. Okay. No chess you, piece though. Are, are mo typically, do you gravitate towards hero sets that of heroes that you play more so than just the pure look? Mm. In terms of liking them, no. I just I just rated them based on how good I think they are, uh, okay. not about whether I like the hero. But obviously, I'm happier to see cool stuff on heroes I will actively play, right? Mm -hmm. So a hero that cosmetics are usually not super sought after uh, because he's invisible most of the time. Uh, <laughs> Ricky, this set gives him... He looks like a wolf. It's so fucking... He's wearing a hat. <laughs> I love this set so much, dude. I know you're going to hate it. It is so good, though. It literally looks like he has the war glaives of Illidan. And then he's wearing a hat and has a knife in his mouth and a wolf face. The knife is also a shadow blade, which he never buys. But awesome. <laughs> I love this I, set. I haven't demoed it in game, so I'm wondering what the attack animation looks like with these glaives. Because you can put cool weapons on people, but if it doesn't look natural when they swing the weapons, that really takes a lot away from it. Because he usually has daggers, right? So if you suddenly have war glaives, I don't know how the attack animation is going to look. If it will make sense, it might make sense. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly not surprised sure... at all that you love this. I did not give this set a like. Uh, I feel like it's a bit. I don't know. I highly doubt I they change the attack animation, though. But yeah, right. it's. I like it a lot. Oh, they definitely won't. But then they would need to change the weapon, right? Right. I think Valve has never changed an attack animation for a set that's not their own. That's not true. Uh, Have they? PA. Mythical set by TV Dotto, who's now working for Valve. Uh, oh, he well, changed it to go. the scythe two-handed weapon. I think there might right. be another hero. Uh, okay. Not sure about that one, though. Okay. Uh, next up for me, there's a Dragon Knight set, which has a shield with a dragon on. And the color scheme, deep... <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm not sure what you would call this. It's like between crimson and purple. It's Is it Bordeaux? It might be Bordeaux, technically. And then Bordeaux, Bordeaux and gold armor. Uh, cool set. I really like it. Um, was, maybe a little bit form. heavy. I uh, don't think it. I'm pretty I sure they all come with dragon form. I'm gonna demo it quickly. I didn't okay. check that actually. So oh, it has I a saw, really cool loading screen too. I saw a couple dragonite sets. I didn't actually like any of them other than the dragon form. One of I them. I don't was think really it cool. comes with dragon form. Not that I can I would see. Be shocked if that's true. I don't see any. Included okay. in this bundle, there's just the dragon and then, uh, or the dragon knight and the loading screen. I don't okay. think they've made custom dragons. Fair enough. Uh, another set that I really liked, and this is not a biased opinion at all, is our Underlord set that we submitted. <laughs> uh, this <laughs> one biased. was uh, a concept from over a year ago that we had people vote on. We had three different Underlord concepts, and this is the one that I wanted to win, and it won convincingly. It's like, um, it reminds me of Death Reaper, you know? Is that what it, wait, what is, is that what it's called? The Reaper, the Reaper of Death. What am I thinking of? You know what I'm talking. Doesn't about. Doesn't matter. His belly is a mouth with green toxin in it. Yes. Well, the mouth that's different. the The belly is a little different. He has the different kind of a weapon than you're used to with Underlord. And then my favorite part of the set by far is the the veil that he's wearing. Um, yeah, I, I love this set. Natio is such yeah, a beast at making really these things. I have a. I gave this one a like as well. It may or may not have been because it was yours. Uh, <laughs> Wait, that's Thanks, undisclosed Andrew. information. Appreciate it. No, I, I genuinely do like this one, to be honest. So, but yeah, that's also one of mine. Okay, next up for me, uh, Ember Spirit set. 
by Salmir and a couple of others. We haven't talked about who made the sets. I guess it's a bit too late now. Um, too late. But this one is a bit... I'm not sure how to explain it. The weapons are... It's called, what are they called? Scimitars, right? Oh, I think I know which is one you're that, talking about. Is that how you pronounce it? I it's scimitars, and then his headpiece is like a turban with a feather in it uh, and some blue gems. Uh, just It just looks really clean to me the set i love the design and the shoulder piece is also very nice it's got like this kind of cosmic glow to it with like star it's like a starry sky um i wish he had have we talked about this before in the podcast i really dislike asymmetry actually in sets i feel like I, mm. this whole fad with having one shoulder piece just fucking make two okay who wears a shoulder pad on one shoulder did he forget the other one did he drop it do you know is why people do that, is Sindarin? His, is his left arm weaker? Like, come on. So a lot of times they do that. Well, first of all, artists like that kind of stuff. They like, they like asymmetry a lot because it's more unique. But there's also the factor of poly limits, right? Polygon limits. Right. So yeah, there's yeah. only so many like polygons you can put in a set. And if you want to make it, the shoulder piece look really nice, you make one look really nice and the other one is more basic, right? But there is uh, no other one. <laughs> Okay, or you don't include another. One. <laughs> he literally just has one shoulder. Well, that's, that's it. That's. I mean, there, there's other sets that have this, and I think other games also ex- experiment with asymmetry like this. I'm not that big of a fan, but despite that, I still think the set is really cool. Uh, yeah. So it still gets a like from me. But yeah, it would be even better if it was. It so, does, or rather, the shoulders don't have to be identical. But th- this amount of asymmetry, where there's one that's the shoulder piece and one that has none. It's a bit weird. They wouldn't have to be identical. I actually like always that. had issues right. with Centaur himself because he's asymmetrical with his horns. It always bothered me for some reason. Like one of them's chipped or something like that. Maybe it's a certain yeah. set I'm thinking of. But yeah, oh, no, I, I get it. Default model. Yeah. So there's a Warlock set that got a lot of attention on Reddit. And I want to talk about this a bit. So there's a Warlock set where the, uh, the Golem is a genie. Okay? It's easily the best golem of all time i think that's kind of the consensus overall right now it's really good i like it a lot the thing is cinderin the set itself i don't like at all it's just the golem (laughs) is really good i still voted for it of course and this is the part that i want to talk about there's another warlock set that i saw and when i originally reviewed this in my video uh the warlock set i was like wow this is amazing this is like one of the best warlock sets i've ever seen it's probably comes second to the one that's made by graph that's in the game right now with like the hood but oh, he the didn't black have warlock set is so good yeah but the problem is it didn't have a golem and i checked today and there is a golem it just wasn't being shown before so that guy got kind of screwed horribly cuz nobody knew he had a golem until like recently and that golem it's not as good as this one but it's still really good um so you should check that out in game if you guys haven't seen yet Okay. Uh, then my favorite set going into this cache next up is Mars. <sighs> it was so I, you're you're gonna have a rant of this. I'm not completely sure what's going on here, but I'm excited for it. Uh, so this one was posted on Reddit and it got tons of attention. People really loved it. So fucking um, stupid. I love the I love everything from the color scheme to the item designs. The shield looks fucking boss. Oh my, uh, that's your favorite part of the shield. Red, Red and gold is a classic combination. Um, I think for me, my least favorite part of it is probably the weapon, which I think a lot of people like the most, which is a trident. Uh, I would probably rather use the immortal over that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's like it's a really classic like gladiator 
uh, style look. Okay, yeah, so what is the problem? Very unique. Yeah, I agree. Um, right. Okay. So you guys know I like to go on rants. I like to complain. Okay, that's kind of my spiel. So overall, when we get a set into the this vote thing, I'm pretty happy. Obviously, if he gets in, I'll be happy. It's not like it makes a shit ton of money anymore. Uh, but, it, you know, it's a few hundred dollars or <laughs> something like that. It's something. And it's fun to have your set in the game. That's more than anything. Um, it's not like it used to be where you'd make a lot more money. But for the artist, it means a lot more because they get a higher percentage. So the money means more for them. And they spend literal months making these sets. So this is me sticking up for my boy. Okay. So we came out with a Mars vote about, I don't know how long it's been. Maybe I'd have to look back. But before this cash thing was announced, we came out with this vote. Okay. Three concepts, two of which uh, were like the Gladiator style for Mars. They're, both, they're all Mars sets, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, Yo, can I, where can I find this? I here's a video. Here's a video of the final set. Um, I linked you. So okay. in the concept, the shield had the lion head on it. Okay. And obviously this is public information. This is months before anything occurred. So we chose the kind of a hybrid between those two sets because the votes were kind of split between the two. So we come out with this set and we look in the cache and there's literally fucking five Mars sets. Ours is not one of them. Three of them, maybe even four, I can't even remember now. Four of them might be the fucking lion head in the shield. Okay, so very, very similar. Very similar. But that's not even the part that bothers me the most. The part that bothers me the most is some of the ones that are in, I think the one that you're referring to now, actually were uploaded after the deadline. They were literally two weeks after the deadline. And on top of that, our Mars set was the highest rated of any Mars set. It was five stars, not even remote. It was actually one of the highest rated sets we've ever uploaded in history of all the sets we've done. And it did not get into this vote. So we're wondering, like, yeah. WTF. I mean, what can I say? I'm looking at you guys' Mars set video, and I would like that one more. But it's not in, this, in the, in the chest. I would have been super excited for that one, too. Yes. We have no idea uh, what happened. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know what these criteria are. I, I don't know why this didn't at least get into a vote in the in the because i think this would have made it into the game as well like when i look at it yeah but, and i think the um, thing that sucks it like if a set doesn't get in it's not the end of the world because it could get in later but the problem is every one of these fucking sets has our lion shield so if one of those i will gets disagree in, with <clears throat> so i i could be wrong here but i don't think this has stolen your shield right which one the, i don't know which one you're talking about there's there's a couple that are blatantly the same. I'm looking at the one with the gold and red, and then it has a lion shield and it has arrows shot into the shield that it's running around with, that okay. it has blocked. Um, the concept of a lion on a shield is not anything revolutionary, right? That's like an... It's an icon. It's like saying somebody makes a Medusa set and then uh, she holds an Aegis, which is part of the lore, of mm -hmm. Medusa in Greek mythology. And then people are like, if a second person afterwards makes a set where Medusa's holding an Aegis, is that copying it? It's like, I mean, you're copying the lore then at that point. You know what I mean? Like, No, I understand um, what you're saying. And I, so, even so though... I, I feel like the shields are also very different. Like this golden lion shield compared to yours, yes, they both have a lion, but the designs are very, very different. Okay, that's like, fair. They, they look completely different. That's but, fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel you, man. I, I, it fucking sucks that, that yours didn't get in because it looks awesome. 
So, and I now that you I, showed me, I remember seeing it and being like, "Damn, that would be sick." And this, I feel like this is the closest we got. And I love your set, but this is the closest we got that's actually in. So, I think I know so the one you're talking about. It does. It, does his helm have like the whole thing he's in his helmet? Yeah, it has like twelve little holes. Yeah. I, like a, okay. Yeah. Anywho, uh, those are the collector cash sets. Um, I have a couple more. Oh, quickly. okay. Please, I'll skim through them because I, I like a few more. So there's a new Wraith King one, which I thought was pretty well made. Um, yeah, not too much to say about it. It's obviously Wraith King green. It has a nice... I like the mix between red and green. A lot of the times... What is it, is it called? Uh, is it called complementary colors? The ones that are opposite sides of the color circle? Sure. Because you, you would think red and green doesn't work very well together, but these shades don't actually make it annoying to look at because it's like a dark red and a bright green. Um, yeah. Very, very nicely done set, in my opinion. I like that one. Uh, the Skyrath set looks really cool. It's with a... Uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for purple, like I've probably told you before. And this one is uh, deep blue and purple. Oh, uh, I think I remember that one. And yeah. deep, deep blue, purple, and gold looks really, really nice. Just, It's the classic kind of set that would just be... It's just, like, really clean, and it doesn't have very much going on in terms of... Uh, in terms of effects, but I don't necessarily mind that, because the hero has immortals and shit that make it glow, and just mm -hmm. the base set looks really nice. Uh, then I had your Underlord, and finally uh, I gave a like to the Spectre, because I feel like the Spectre sets have been pretty difficult to really? Really make stand out. But the Spectre one, this one with the blue spike mantle and the purple head, and then the, the weapon that is... I don't know how to explain what this weapon looks like. It's like it has... It's a scythe, as usual, but then it has little, like... Daggers on it, basically. Multiple mm -hmm. daggers down the side. Uh, I thought this set was actually really nicely done. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's interesting list. to hear because in my video, I didn't really realize this until I was reviewing them. I, I don't think I've ever liked a Spectre set. I don't think it's possible to make a Spectre set that I would like because it's just too hard of a hero. There's, there's like a few the heroes. The weapon really stands out in game as well when you look at it. Well, other than like the like Golem. For like Warlock, I typically just look at the set as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're, you might be right. The weapons definitely is right. possible, but Spectre I think is a really hard hero to make a good set for. Yeah. Um, anywho, moving on, uh, you have the story behind this, and I'll give the response. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, what happened was I'm not sure how many days ago it is now, but Nigma were forced to forfeit a game, <clears throat> as far as I understood. Um, GH's internet died. Uh, apparently his internet has been a lot less stable since Corona times, which makes sense because it's harder to perform maintenance. Uh, and during an official match, he was disconnected for more than 15 minutes and they were assigned a default loss in the game and had to go for the next game. Um, and as always is the case with this, whenever a team is disqualified from a game, there are two camps. There's the camp of what the fuck are you doing, tournament organizer, and the camp of good job, tournament organizer, for once you obeyed your rule set. And you can never make everyone happy because if you follow the rules and it's against someone's team that they like, they feel like it's unfair. And if you follow the rules uh, and if you don't follow the rules, people are like, why aren't you following the rules when you make rules? Uh, and yeah, there's always this element of common sense and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the thing I really dislike when all these things happen is that the admins are always painted as literal Hitler. Okay. And mm. they're just following the rule set. If, the teams disagree or feel like the rules are unfair or have really bad elements. They have 
opportunities to complain before the tournament starts and be like, we think these rules are not good, or this is unfair, or this should be like this. And most of the time, the players will be listened to if their demands are reasonable. But anyway, what happened in this case is, I think this was compared to another game where another team was allowed to use a stand-in and Enigma weren't. And supposedly, the reason was that the Enigma game had already started, in which case the rules are about reconnecting. Whereas if you choose to have a stand-in before the game begins, then you are allowed to play with a stand-in. And I believe Enigma played with a stand-in afterwards, or GH's internet worked. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, it obviously sucks. There's Did they no, win the like, series or they lose? Sorry. I don't remember if they lost. They must have lost because they came I out with this like announcement, didn't they? Yeah, I think they lost probably 1-2. Was this against Secret where they won the quick game? It might have been. Um, yeah, but I mean, anyway, it's a really shit situation. We'd obviously rather be without this stuff, but like, I just... It's like, damn it if you do, damn it if you don't, if you're the admins. You get shit no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Uh, and that sucks. So maybe the way we think about the rules is what needs to be changed. Maybe the rule sets are bad, but it's not the admin's fault. Right. Because then we have other situations where... All right, last thing, because this has been happening a lot over the last years. Then we have other situations where the rules say that a team has lost, and then the admins are like putting the burden on the players. Then they're like, then the enemy team choose. They're like, do you guys want to resume or keep the pause? And then the other team can only lose because now they can either keep the pause and delay the series and maybe delay it a lot and maybe end up losing a game that on technicalities they should have won. Or they can enforce, well, we've waited long enough, let's play. And then the community thinks they're dicks for not waiting for the enemy team when all they're doing is obeying the rules. So that is the worst one. The absolute worst one is where the players get, are given the burden. The admins should do good or bad, whatever they think is right, and then people can complain about the rule set. But yeah, uh, that's been a healthy development. The admins have started enforcing rules way more than giving people of uh, the other team the, the responsibility. Yeah, I, I think you and I are on the same page in that department. I, I, I don't know how big of a role this plays, but I feel like, and I know a little bit about this since I did own a team briefly, people get really mad when a team loses and it's not under their control um because of betting more than anything believe it or not people get really invested yeah and obviously people are fans of teams they're going to be upset either way but like literal death threats are sent to players for stuff like this because of betting which is absolutely ridiculous but that I mean, might be a separate if, thing if a, entirely but if a game like this is a default loss because of a disconnect doesn't don't the betting pages that just void the game because it doesn't count as a true Well, what about game, the whole right? series, though? If you bet on the whole series, and the series continues. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, technically, maybe you should void the whole series, because it's hmm. it's weird, right? But that's that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that angle. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that is what... I guess I don't that's even true. need to read this. This is a very generic response now to look at it from, from Enigma. Yeah. I mean, they, they took it... I mean, the, the fair thing here is fair game to Enigma, right? They didn't make lots of drama out of it. They just said, it is what it is. It sucks that we disconnected. We do the best for our, to give good games for our fans. They weren't like, fucking shit tournament organizer dis disqualified us from this game because we disconnected out of our control. They just they sucked it up and moved on. And it's a very professional response from Mohammed. So, yep. yeah, not much to say about that. Oh. It's cool that they even made Pronoun one. I feel like pronounce his whole name for me. Them. Pronounce his whole name. Uh, isn't it Mohammed Murad? Or something oh, like that. Oh, that's very close. Yeah. So there's a different dialect between like my pronunciation with Farsi and Arabic, but I did live in Saudi Arabia. So this is my best pronunciation, Sindarin. Mohammed mm -hmm. Morad. 
What do you think? Okay, so so is the H always that uh, throat heavy? I don't know if it's always that way, but Mohammed. Mohammed. Mohammed Murad. Okay. Somebody, I'm sure somebody that knows this better than me is going to say this is bullshit, but uh, <laughs> like anytime I say but Muhammad you know. Ali, I think, I you guys can let me know if I'm right. It's been a long time since I lived in the Middle East. Anywho. Right, chat says I was better. It makes sense. I'm also better at English, so I beat you in both of your native languages. Shut that. that what do you mean both? That's, <laughs> Arabic is not my native language, okay? Close enough. You, Farsi, you, you do remember Saudi Farsi, language. though, somehow. So that is actually incredible. Anam Anam. Yes. Anamana Bohor. God, that's so good. God, you're so good you. at life in general. Uh, Artifact 2.0 beta Cinderin. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but I got access. Um, apparently, it was complete RNG because Slack still doesn't have access, uh, which makes me feel bad, but it is what it is. Um, I have been playing it and streaming it literally every day. I've been playing the shit out of it, actually. Uh, and I, I get this question about 50 times a stream, and I have to repeat myself, but it's really good. I like it a lot. Of course, I like the original, so it doesn't mean shit. Is it... Okay, maybe this is a tough question to answer. Does it make you feel like the end game will be better than Artifact 1's end game if it didn't have the economy issues? Yes. Does it feel like it will be a better game? Yes. So That's good to hear. Because yeah. the original game was great, except I agree. the economy shit. Right. Yeah, so let's let's briefly go play. over that then. Because 80% of the stuff, like, you agree with me, right? 80% of the issues that Artifact 1 had were monetization related. So yeah, more. I assume <laughs> that that will be fixed. Let's just assume that for a moment. It's probably going to be free to play. We can talk about the system they have in place right now for the beta. But they got rid of, and we've talked about this a bit before, but they got rid of a lot of the feel-bad stuff, so no arrows. The fact that uh, even from a viewer perspective, even though like right now everything is very placeholder art, like the cartoon art on the cards themselves or the board just looking mm -hmm. really garbagey, I mean, that's obviously all placeholder. They're going to end up polishing that. But from a viewer perspective on Twitch, like you see the entire, like all three boards at once. So it's way better, way less confusing as long as you understand the game, obviously. Right. Um, so that is a huge improvement in and of itself. And right now they have, it's a system where if you play constructed, you have all the cards right away. You can use whatever you want. Uh, and then okay. right now there's a draft where you're drafting heroes versus somebody else. You go back and forth and pick your heroes, and then you get random decks based on those colors that you selected. Now, the thing about that is those are based off of what heroes both of you have as a collection, both players. So you take the highest, like let's say somebody's unlocked more cards than you, then you will have access mm -hmm. to those cards for that match. So there's incentive to playing more to unlock those cards so you can see those cooler heroes that you want to play. For example, uh, and actually I've been grinding a lot against bots just because it's way faster. Like I've been going mm -hmm. just brain dead, mono black, pushing the towers as fast as I can. And about every two and a half games, you will get a pack of cards. And that and counts. So beating a bot counts the same as beating a player? Right now, yes. That is not how it's going to end up. I'll I, I agree, is... but at the same time, right now, playing against a player literally takes three to four times longer than playing a bot. So it's not, it right. does not feel good to unlock cards, in my opinion, by playing sure. people. But so the I'm primary just... game mode has to be playing against other players. It's what I makes agree. the game good. And yes. So they have to do that. Yep. But uh, I mean, for testing purposes, whatever. But yeah, they can't put it like that into the final game. Yep. Agreed. Um, so they had a cool. blog post today. But yeah, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, kind of a 
a lower end blog post where they want to reevaluate red heroes in the following categories. They're essentially having people uh, fill out a questionnaire about the strength of those heroes, how good they think they are. And a lot of these people will not have access to the game at that time, I assume. So it's based on what they've seen. Um, so they're taking community feedback uh, better than I've ever seen Valve take community feedback. So that's nice. Um, Make sure but, you vote that all red heroes are too weak, but they're really fun so that I get to play red. Red's really strong right now. So I don't I think that's going to last too long. I loved playing red. It was the best. Okay. Well, that, let's start best. with... So again, we're going to continue on. Uh, again, I'm going to say this. I know a lot of people have already skipped by. People that do not like Artifact, I get it. I totally understand that you don't want to listen to this during this podcast, but it's it's going to happen. We have timestamps for a reason. You can skip. So we're going to go over two heroes a week. Tiny. I love that you pointed out for Artifact, but not for fucking NBA. No, NBA, people want to hear NBA. <laughs> oh, e- yeah. Even even Cinderin, who pretends he doesn't want to hear about I, the NBA, he's interested. Yeah. On some I level. secretly love NBA. <laughs> So how about this? Any non-Dota-related topic, I should just have a PSA saying, hey, you can skip this section <laughs> by using your mouse cursor and moving it to another area of the video. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a Patreon goal to make dedicated podcast episodes just for NBA. Oh, oh my God. That's a good yeah, idea. And then you do it alone. Dude, that would be sick. No, you have to be involved in that one. No. <laughs> You'd have to suffer <laughs> in silence. <laughs> All right, so I'll go over this first one because it's a red hero, Cinderin, so I can explain it to you better. Yeah. This one I just unlocked today. I got to play with him a couple times because other people had access. This is Tiny. He is a red hero. He has terrible stats to start a two attack and four health hero, but he has an active, which is a three-round cooldown, which means if you put him on the river, the last hero to come out, he has it available right away. He gains four attack and four health permanently. So he beca- like if you bring him out on the river and you use this immediately, which costs one mana, he becomes a six-eight unit. He is when you very say cool. river, you mean you place it turn three. Yes, the four? fifth hero to come out turn three. Yeah. Okay. And he comes with a card that is called toss. It's a four mana spell. You choose the caster, which in most cases is going to be a red hero. Uh, Move another unit to an empty slot up to five slots away from the caster. You deal one damage to the new neighbors your opponents control. So essentially you can take a unit, toss them to another side of the lane or another lane entirely, and you deal one damage to not only them, but anybody they land around. And you can also toss an allied unit. Yes, you can toss an allied unit as well. And then it doesn't deal damage, but you can toss. Uh, I'm not sure about that. It might it might still do a damage. Not sure. It says it deals damage to the new neighbors your opponent controls. Okay. There and you, go. you can't toss it next to their neighbors, right? So the the other the enemies on the other side are called adjacent, right? They're yeah. not called neighbors in the technicalities. So yep. yeah. Okay. So that is uh, tiny. He's awesome. Honestly. I'm going to disagree a little bit here. I actually think this is one of my least favorite hero designs just oh, because of how... how is to it say active? It. No, no, no. It's because of how, uh, how limited it is in use. The fact that you have to put this in turn three, right? It's bad turn one and it's bad turn two. So it's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't offer a lot of creativity in the card itself. Uh, the accompanying card is cool. 
So I like Toss. It sounds really fun. But Tiny himself as a design is not... It's not particularly interesting, right? You know what's going to happen. He'll be dropped turn three, and he will cast Grow every single game. There's not much... Well, look at it this way. Variety. I, I understand so. what you're saying, but I think it's something like this was needed because Red does not have those kind of heroes. Red, typically speaking, is like, oh, I can put pretty much any Red hero on the flop, and we're good to go. It doesn't matter what order. I mean, it does to a degree, but there's, mm. not, there's not a Red hero like, I want this to be last every time. That's what this is. I... Kind of disagree with that because I think some of the other red heroes in the old deck where you had like the insane brawlers, right? Like Bristleback and Axe and you just wanted them out right away because they fucking own. Mm -hmm. But then you could have secondary red heroes later on, uh, depending on whether you played draft or constructed, that had less good base stats but had better accompanying cards like Beastmaster. Uh, I would want to use sometimes, but he wasn't inherently terrible to use turn one or two either. If you got him in draft, just because so you're saying the whole idea of pigeonholing him into being a fifth hero every time you don't like. Yeah, that that's the only thing I dislike is that because of this design, you have to play it like that. Like okay. objectively, it's just terrible to play this card before turn three always, right? Because mm. the stats are too bad. So maybe if his base stats were a little bit better and Grow was a little bit worse, for example, then you could make more of a case for him being an okay card to use earlier on. That's just that's my two cents. I mean, I'm not saying it's a big problem, but compared to other card designs, this one is a little bit less offers less creativity, I think. That's okay. the other one. Fair enough. I disagree. I love it, but that's okay. I, I don't hate the card. It sounds it's, like you really hate it with a passion. Okay. Take the next that's one. That's a great conclusion. Uh, okay, so then Shadowfiend, aren't you going to explain them? Am I going to explain them? No, you can just read it. Okay, so it's a 3-5 black hero. He has an active with a 2-turn cooldown, 1 mana cost. Repeat for each charge on Necromastery, deal 1 damage to a random enemy. And the way you get Necromastery stacks is you get 1 plus attack per charge, and you get a charge after an adjacent enemy dies. So that is one of the three enemies across you dies. Right. Um... And then it says when you die, you lose half the charges. So if Shadowfiend is rolling and gets a lot of charges, he hits really hard, Requiem owns. This is the kind of card you have to kill, basically. You make sure Shadowfiend dies a lot. If you yeah, you typically want to put him next to creeps because the creeps See, spawn in the same spot every time. You know, this is a perfect example of what I just talked about where I can make a case for this against Tiny, like comparatively, right? You could play Shadowfiend early and try to kill creeps with him. Or mm -hmm. you could hold him to like turn two or three so you get to see how the board develops and then you place him where you feel like there's going to be easy kills versus hard ones. So it's like you can play it in a rush strategy where you try to build him up fast. You can play him a bit more strategically where you get stronger immediate heroes on the board and Shadowfiend gets placed in a spot where you feel like he will have a high impact. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's To me, this card design offers a bit more uh, in that sense, just the card itself. But the Requiem of Souls ability, I think Toss is more fun. Uh, not really the biggest fan of this kind of ability the requiem of souls deal one damage to a random enemy x times uh it's part of the thing that i hated the most the, the worst card of all time in hearthstone back when i still played or watched was dr boom i don't know if you know this card oh yeah uh, it was a seven seven drop and then it summoned four little bombs that two. would have one one and when i think two it was bombs. four at the start mm -mm. has it was it two? Whatever. Two. Whether it was two or four, besides the point, when these bombs exploded, they will deal one to four damage to a random enemy, including the hero. Mm. So this is already way better than that because it's a stable one, but it's the fact that this, like the way this can like totally airball or totally snipe based on complete RNG. Uh, I'm not too big a fan of these kind of cards. I understand that they might be necessary for, you know, 
to have enough I variety. Know. I feel like this kind of RNG I'm fine with. Um, based on how I've played with him so far, it's felt like you know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, you can go for that 50-50 or you right. play it in a way that you know what hero or what units are going to get killed. But talk about his signature card because that's what brings him together. Yeah, let me open that one up. So then he has Presence of the Dark Lord, which enchant caster. So you can put it on a black hero in any lane, correct? The, yep. the lane that's casting it. Yep. Um, adjacent enemies have minus two armor. Does this interact with the damage from Requiem? I'm assuming. Yep. Oh, yeah. Requiem's damage is just regular. Yeah. So I guess the way you want to try to use this Presence of the Dark Lord is it's really high value if you can place it on a hero that then gets to face opposing heroes, because then you can just blast them with Requiem. Blast them! But obviously, keep in mind, it's an aura, so it's a constant thing your hero has on itself, so the enemy can also counterplay it by uh, putting lower-value units in the lane of this hero. Um, the fact that it's not on cast, like, imagine Presence of the Dark Lord instead of Enchant Caster, aura was... Um, just an effect you put on enemies like the old Nasal Goo. Uh, mm. If it was like that and you put it on three opposing enemies, then all of a sudden, no matter where they go, Shadowfiend can own them if you place them in the same lane, but now the, the positioning needs to be right. Actually, playing uh, this hero with like Bristleback is pretty fun. <laughs> I try the minus armor strat. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That is, that, that, I, this is one of my favorite new heroes in, in the game, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I really like them. So that is uh, overall these two new hero designs. I like them. Uh, like I said, my only gripe really is the the RNG and tiny. Yeah, that's a lot of it. No, 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 no. You're you're missing the point here. It's it's way less severe RNG than other games have. I'm not just conceptually. I I'm not a huge fan of this, but I don't think it's going to be game breakingly stupid. Mm. It's just going to be an element of randomness, which is okay. Games have that. Um, but yeah, the tiny one I would have liked a little bit more creativity on the player's end it just you know what i mean it feels like the card plays itself you don't really have any agency you have to do it like that toss doesn't but tiny does i don't know why i i i feel you like have i understand to cast exactly grow. What you every mean. time grow is ready you have to cast it yes and you obviously only drop him when you can play grow yes so, you know. i'm fine with that <laughs> yeah, i'm fine with i'm that. not saying it's a terrible thing but i think it's, I feel like it's good to have brain-dead heroes sometimes, you know? I'm a bigger fan of having more creativity. But okay. it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Not every hero just, needs to be creative, personal. Cinder, and that's my point sure. that I'm trying to make. Okay, last yeah, topic well, before... I didn't dislike Axe, the old Axe. I didn't mind. Eh. I mean, he I was know. OP in other ways, not the concept. But yeah. Anyway, last topic before we get to the mailbag question of the week. Twitch music copyright, oh, Cinder. God. Uh... Guess what I did last night, Shannon? What? Well, go through this first. Make your point. Okay. Well, first I need to thank Nikki because she she's very good at like law stuff. And I mean she used to be an agent in Hollywood, so she knows like a lot of contract uh related stuff, and I'm worthless when it comes to this. So she helped me make a little list of talking points. So right now, for those that don't know, there's a lot of streamers on Twitch that are getting uh DMCA strikes. Uh, from old clips or VODs. And Twitch works in similar fashion to uh, like YouTube where you get a three-strike policy. If it happens three times, you are banned. Now, this is technically nothing new. These rules and regulations have always been in place, Cinderin, but it's up to the person that has the rights of the music to do the DMCA. So yeah. 
what's happening is there's a guy apparently this is not an automated this is news to me this is not an automated process at all record labels or whoever owns the music they go they have been going through vods manually to dmca uh which the theory right now is that the stay-at-home lockdown has not only created more eyes on twitch for like the people that have no idea what streaming even is but obviously these record labels or whoever the case may be are making less money because things like concerts or whatever the case may be again have been canceled right so there's more incentive to be looking for dmca i mean this takes me back to like the old napster slash riaa days where everybody hated the raa so much and the mpaa as well Um, the the ironic thing for me is that i think it's the op i think it's the direct opposite of this that's what's so ironic it's like if people can't go to concerts give them opportunities to discover new music Hmm. so that when concerts become available again you have earned new fans like i feel like i mean there's more talking points here but i feel like these the music industry is shooting itself in the foot if it stops people from playing music on their streams because like the cost benefit has to favor them it's not like people go to a stream because they're like oh i really want to listen to music that i don't have to pay for so i'm going to this specific stream and listen to his music all day and i will never buy anything of them i'll never become a fan i'll never go to a concert anything the, the ratio of those people compared to people that discover new music, fall in love with it, want to buy merch or go to a concert or get an album, like whatever it is, or get fucking Spotify premium to be able to listen to these playlists that people have, it has to outweigh it. I, like, I don't know the stats, but I agree. And this is something they just haven't uh, learned over the course of 25 years, apparently. Nikki is apparently correcting me right now. I misspoke a bit. Uh, part of the DMCA thing is obviously automated, but there is a guy yeah. going through them manually right now as yes. well. Uh, which is a big chunk of them, I think. Uh, but for Twitch streamers, the problem from their perspective is it's really difficult to go delete your VODs because it's a manual one-by-one process unless you lose, use like some third-party thing. And then mm. clips are literally not under your control. People can take clips of you like, and you yep. can DMCA for them. That's ridiculous. Um, so from a streamer's perspective, they're asking for better options for using music. I mean... It feels like this is going to be a very long process. I don't see this being resolved anytime soon. But um, for now, I think most people will just stop using music entirely, which sucks for both the streamer and the people watching. Uh, And then certain things, if you think about are really bad that like Just Dance, you literally, I mean, you can play it, but you run the risk of getting DMCA just by playing that game on stream, which is really stupid. GTA, they have a little radio thing. That has actual yeah. music on it. That's another example of something you get DMCA'd for. Um, and it, it's funny because YouTube, and I'm sure we're going to go down this road with Twitch, and I've talked about this in the past, you can make your own custom music. Like, I've gotten DMCA'd for my own fucking music, like the Artifact song. Somebody else is making money off that. <laughs> Literally, millionaires are making money off a song that I made, which is incredibly <laughs> stupid. So there's God, not like... fucking... So right now, I think overall, the laws need to change to make it easier for streamers, um, especially if it's built into the game. But I, again, I cannot see this being resolved anytime soon. It's one of those very yeah. annoying ones. What are your I, thoughts? I guess the, sil- the silver lining here is that because it has already happened on YouTube, it's more, how to say, people are a bit more aware of exactly what is going on and what the game is. The problem is that it happened. It fucking sucks. Last night, I spent a lot of time just deleting all my clips. And it took a long fucking time. It was clips from years. That yeah, and now you've I lost your whole clips. collection of shit, right? 
Yeah, all my, all my funny moments or whatever on my stream, I deleted all of them. I didn't go through them one by one to check if they had music because that will take forever. So I literally just nuked it. I was like, whatever, all or nothing. Just going to nuke all my clips. Uh, I had very few clips that I had taken myself. They were like misclicks where I had clipped on Gork's stream. Obviously, nothing funny happens there. So that was just me clicking <laughs> clip for no reason. So there was nothing in that clip. I had a couple from Bulldog stream, I think, as well. I didn't even check those because I know they wouldn't be funny. So I just deleted those as well. Um, but then a lot of people had made clips on my stream, which were hilarious. There were thousands of awesome funny <laughs> clips. And it hurt my heart to delete every single one of them, whether they had 50,000 views or two. I killed them all one by one or, well, uh, 20 by 20. At least you could do 20 at a time. But it fucking <clears> sucks. <throat> like, I, if I had any sort of music, and I, I've played music on the vast majority of my streams, and I've played music, whether it is stuff on Spotify with millions of listens or with 50,000, I, I don't feel safe regardless. So I just nuked the whole, the whole thing. And yep. in my future streams, I'm probably going to have to not play music or specifically ally with somebody who... Uh, has royalty-free music or gives me specific permission to use it. Um, I mean, and that's yeah, the like thing. I said before, the thing that sucks, like this is just a huge hassle for everyone involved. It's a hassle for the company that makes the automated attempt at takedowns or even has someone manually do it. It's a hassle for the streamers that have to deal with this shit. And I think in the end, everybody loses. That's mm. actually the problem. Like, you could see more of a motivation if the music companies did this with the right reasons, if they feel like this is a gain for them. I mean, you know, you're playing the game, you're trying to make money, fair enough, but I think they're going to lose too. I think they're doing this on a hunch. Like, they don't have data. You can't really have data right now, <clears throat> I think, because they haven't tried this yet, right? They can't be like, oh, after we DMCA nuked all of Twitch, we our revenue went up or down. They're just trying it, right? And I think it's going to come out to a loss, but then it's too late. All of the stuff is gone. I um, think it's just history and it's also repeating just hard itself. Hard to quantify it, right? No, it. Yeah, it's I, very I, hard I don't too. know. Like, I feel like on YouTube, it's a bit different. I think on YouTube, it's more clear cut because there would be channels that would literally just upload a music video, right? That they mm -hmm. just flat out copied. They just took a music video, put it on their own channel, and monetized it. That's fucking copyright infringement. That's something else. I, nuking that, I don't have a problem with. I have a problem with people having music as like a a side thing that's just playing in the background, where the primary focus of the streaming service is the game and the person it's not the music the music is an added layer and those people get nuked for the music when okay it's so not i'm gonna disagree over. with you a bit actually so let's say you're watching a youtube video and the music mm -hmm. is not an important aspect of it in this particular right. video but there's a copyrighted music that should be copyrighted that should be dmca'd in theory you agree with that if it's like uh, let's say a beyonce song whatever <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's case by case. Like, Is it? How? So if... Hmm, how do I explain this? So let's say, let's say you make a Dota video, right? Uh, mm -hmm. A highlight video or whatever. And I can make it. I could put it as an example. Let's say you had a video from... With some, some Dota highlights, whatever it is. And then part of the background music is a song that is copyrighted. There is a case to be made that people will discover this music and want to get it. And they can't listen to the song in isolation, right? Because there's other stuff playing over it. There's in-game sounds or whatever it is. If the whole video is muted and the only sound is the music, it's a bit different, right? Because then people mm. can technically go to that video and just listen to the music and ignore that the other things are going on. But if it's first and foremost, <clears throat> say, a CS Frag video or a Dota video with game sounds and everything, and there's underlying background music, um, I, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying here? Like, yeah. it's not the only element in the audio. I... So I okay, feel like so this that is what makes I'll a say. difference. 
right? So right now, I, I don't think we're arguing at all, or no, we don't disagree on one part. Uh-huh. Right now, I think it is kind of clear cut what is allowed and what is not. Like mm-hmm. listening to music on stream is not allowed if it's copyrighted. That's always been the case. It's just never really. Yeah, so it got auto muted. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So. That I'm okay with to a degree. Obviously, it would be nice to have communication between the two parties, which is the record labels or whoever, and the streamers, because there's obviously a situation there where both can benefit, right? Now, you're like you're talking about, they're just enforcing it out of the blue. So people are mm-hmm. are not even aware that a lot of these rules exist, which is good that they do know, know that now. But at the same time, both parties end up getting hurt from this, I think. It's not like they're really making that much money off of... like. Right. Most of these streams, you're not there for the music, like you said. So the the point I'm making here is not whether how to say it, wh- whether they're in the right to do it. That's it's not that's not what I was getting at. Like legally, any YouTube video that uses other people's music, they are completely allowed to take down, and it's within their right. And they're not like you could say they're not assholes for doing it. The problem for me again is, I just feel like there's a disconnect. I feel like taking down a lot of these videos that are getting like auto flagged or nuked, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube is that's why I'm saying it's case by case, but I think it's in a lot of cases, I think the music owners benefit. And I think in a lot of cases they don't, but if you just nuke all of it, then you must have the, your perspective must be, it's better to play it safe and kill off all of it. than look at the cost benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Because the cost benefit is how much do we lose by automating this, where we hit all the channels that flat out just blatantly re-upload our music that we own and try to profit off it, which is shit versus people that use it as an underlying element in the stream where it's not the primary focus and it's kind of just there. And well, what about like, atmosphere and what about just dance where that is a very important part of the game? Right. Th- that, like, that's an even worse case, right? I feel now, like if you buy that game, you should be allowed yeah. to stream it. You should be given the right to stream it. I think that's like a very yeah. special case as well, right? I think that's I mean, really stupid that you get DMCA for that. I guess so. I mean, you could you could look for similar cases in other games. Like let's say there's a Steam game where you can buy the uh, the soundtrack. And then, well, what if you're streaming that game and the soundtrack is playing in the background while you're playing it? Are you technically losing sales on your soundtrack? And I would argue you're not because people streaming and playing your game is advertisement for the soundtrack. Free That's exposure, everyone. Every yeah. artist's favorite saying, but, every every artist's favorite phrase, free exposure. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bit different than that because, you know, the free exposure thing is usually considered a, terms of, a type of payment for doing work. <clears throat> Here, the, mm-hmm. they're doing no work. They just get it. You know, True. like they don't have to do anything in return. Uh, and like, I don't, I don't know. Like, again, I don't have the stats, so I could be wrong on this. I just don't see how it's possible that they lose so many sales on Twitch streamers playing music compared to uh, how many people discover new music that they like and therefore end up engaging with that. And this is the key point. They would have never, ever discovered without it. That's the main point here. It's not, oh, they would have found it anyway. or they would have just magically decided, oh, I'm going to go to this concert, whether or not they had seen that person on Twitch. That's not how discovering music works. That's why a functionality on Spotify for me, like Discover Weekly, is amazing because I'm learning about new artists mm. and then I'm listening to their music and maybe going to their concerts if they come near me. And to me, that's that's kind of, in a way, what <clears throat> Twitch music is. It's it's kind of like a Discover Weekly, right? You watch so a streamer you like, are, you play music you like, you find What stuff. are you going to do with your stream then? Are you going to listen to music and then just have that go to a different audio channel so the stream can't hear it? I, I haven't decided yet, to be honest. I think for starters, I'm probably just not going to listen to any music at all, which sucks because I love listening to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that people can discover stuff. I've had many of people come to my stream and be like, 
dude, your playlist owns. I discovered these and these people from it. Or uh, you, your, your taste in music is really interesting. Or man, since you listen to fucking everything, some of it's garbage. But like whatever, <laughs> whatever I mean, one, the reaction okay. is, right? It's a talking. Can we at least good. agree on one thing here, though? As much as I hate all of this that's going on, I mean, why do this in 2020, by the way? Fuck you. But uh, our TZ stream will be much more watchable now, I think. That's one good thing that's <laughs> come out of this. <laughs> he has the shittiest music I have ever heard, and thank God I, like, I don't have to listen to I that like again. I like quite a bit of it, but some of it is not good. Yeah. Some of it, that's... yes. Uh, I'm just not into gangster rap, personally. It, it's too aggressive I, I like for me. a lot of rap, so... Yeah, I know. It's not that okay. Let's finish up with the Patreon mailbag. Uh, this one is from Aqua. I have a question for next week's mailbag. Sons Fan and Cinderin with the Last Dance documentary ending. I was wondering who your guy's goat is at each, each position in Dota 2, as well as goat for each position for the NBA. So you can take Dota, and oh, I'll take I the NBA. Or we can Dota reverse. And I take NBA. That could be funnier, actually. Uh, I do don't you know? know five players. <laughs> okay, so we'll go with the original thought. I can name like three, maybe. Okay, very good. <laughs> that would have been good. Go ahead. The goat of each position in Dota 2. Uh, every time people ask me this kind of question, I feel like I can't answer it because the metrics are so different. Mm. Um, but I'll do my best. So I'll say what my criteria are. When I consider the greatest of all time, I consider all time. I think a lot of the times people put an insane amount of weight on, say, one tournament. Like a lot of people will say, greatest of all time on every position is OG. And then the question's over. They won TI twice as the only team. That's it. Uh, I feel like their achievement is incredible. And it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest single achievement of all time in Dota history. But does it surpass 10 years of other achievements? Well, before you get started, uh, let, let's just yeah. say this. Because anytime you have the GOAT discussion, doesn't matter if it's about NBA, Dota, whatever. Everyone's criteria yeah. is going to be different. So just give us what your yeah. criteria is, and then we can go from there. Oh, that's basically it. How many, how many tournaments and how many big placements and how many incredible runs have they had over the entirety of their career, including Dota 1? Or is it only Dota 2? It's only Dota 2. Okay. Um, so in all of Dota 2's history, I think probably the greatest of all time, position 5, is probably Puppy overall. Okay. Secret has won so many lands and so many tournaments, and then he has also had a TI win and two second place finishes, right? Individually. So he has had, yeah, it's probably him on position five. Then it starts getting harder already, actually. <laughs> to me, what do you consider no tail? A position five? Because that's the thing. You could put him in any Yeah, that's spot, the other right? thing. Like, what position do you put people on? Because no tail has had like three major wins as carry, right? Mm. So, what position is he? Uh, Puppy has also not exclusively played five. He's also played other roles a bit. So, yeah, that makes it harder. I guess we have to rate them based on what they're playing now and consider that their position, right? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who has had biggest results. Man, this is so hard, actually. Fuck. I would need, like, a list of all players in front of me. It's okay. We can forgive you for missing a couple of these. How about we make it a little bit of a conversation so you can guide me a little bit? Because I think okay. a lot of the times when you talk to someone else... So give me a subset of carries you think... Oh, we're going carry now. Yeah, let's just do that. Um, 
I don't think Arteezy is there because he wants to... Ha- Again, the criteria is different for both of us, maybe. I, I don't know if I can put somebody in there that hasn't won TI. Um, I'm not saying it's his fault necessarily because mechanically speaking, he might be the best of all time. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. Is it based on the player's mechanics or his results, right? You can be an insane player that never plays with a good team and therefore doesn't win I f- I feel like it should be Technical. a mix. And Arteezy right. has found success, just not TI necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else comes to mind for you as position one? Obviously, um, I mean, Secret has had so many different position ones, so it's nobody from them. No-Tail right now is a support. There's a case to be made for someone like Matumba, right? He has one TI. He has won a major recently. He's had a lot of high placements with Liquid. Uh, but at the same time, he's relatively new, so he has no achievements from 2012, 13, 14, and 15, I think. Mm. Maybe even 16, barely. So it's like recent years. I don't um, think... I think the carry we should be looking for might be Chinese, actually. <clears throat> yeah, Because there's a lot of the Chinese carry players that have played for like the entirety of Dota 2 and won titles and... Burning. Uh, placed high or won TI. Burning he's is, retired now, but... He's in some ways a GOAT if you consider Dota 1, but we don't. This <clears throat> mm-hmm. is Dota 2 only, and he, he can't win in Dota 2. I and think. I think, even though he's not Chinese, but Ana, I don't think, is in this discussion because even though he won two TIs... I'm he not saying he wasn't two important. Majors as well. Yes, but I, it, again, it, it depends. Consistently, on your scope, right? consistency over like this ten-year period, I wouldn't yeah. put Ana on there personally. Right, because he only played for like three. Yeah. So or four, four years maybe. Mm. Did you see why this is tough, right? Yeah, this <laughs> is tough. Just choose somebody. Just pick our I'd rather not. I'd rather not choose than, than just make a whatever choice. Then I just feel like oh, it's that's unfair. That's lame. That's lame. I mean, no, making a random choice is lame. Come on now. If you if you want to talk about greatest of all time, you need to have some weight behind it, or it doesn't mean anything. Well, it, it's just your own personal criteria, and you can change it at any time. So yeah, man. I don't. My answer is I don't fucking know right now. So you need I'm to gonna bullshit my NBA one. I haven't even thought about it before. <laughs> it's going to be easy, I'm sure. Yeah, and I can't call you out on it. It's perfect. It's like, <laughs> That's true. I, I love uh, John Lennon. I think he played great. Like, yeah, man. John Lennon was a, he was a beast in his day. God, you, know? you are the worst at this. You're supposed to play the game. This is for, for the entertainment factor. It's not science, okay? Put away your, your hard hat for a minute here, Cinderin. Have some fun with yourself, you know? Put your hand down your pants. Get relaxed. See what you come up with. Somebody brought up Ramsey's. That actually could be legitimate. I mean, he's had a lot of success in VP. Now he's on EG. Of course, yeah, he's not a carry anymore. On, then? Well, he's played I guess carry, carry before the EG. Yeah. And he played offlane before he played carry. His carry is his most famous from VP. Of course, because that's where he got the big results. Right. But. So he's up there. All right, you want to go to another... Carry might be a difficult position to pick. Mid might be easier for you. There's a lot of names. Right. I think <laughs> so again we have maybe a, a bit of vague criteria. The the one that comes to mind for me on position four is FY, I think. Okay. Even though and that's weird because has he won I think he's won one or two majors and no TIs, but he has placed high and he's just been consistently getting really good results and been fucking awesome for many <laughs> years now, right? Yeah, I FY actually start? was thinking FY as a potential for a four as well. So I can't um, disagree with you on that. But yeah, you could also make a case for other players that don't necessarily play 4 anymore, but played it for a very long time. I think Yapsor is obviously getting there. 
he has had insane results, especially in the last two or three years. But um, uh, FY definitely comes to mind. And then there's all the other ones, right? There's like the stars of today with like GH and obviously Jarek stopped playing, but uh, it's again, it's a shorter Crit. time span, right? It's 2017 and forward for both of those players, really. Uh, maybe a bit of 16 for JRX. Uh Crit, yeah. Okay, your choice is FY. Puppy and FY so far. Let, Position three. FY, whatever. You want answers, you'll get them. <laughs> I want answers. Offlane. Universe. I mean, he's retired now. That's yeah. all time. It's definitely up there. Um, is ROTK up there? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I'm thinking Zai comes to mind for me. Yes. Um, we do both love Zai. So. Chad is saying Bulldog. It was a good six months indeed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, mind Zai, honestly. But I'm... I'm pretty biased. You and I are both biased towards Zai. Yeah. I think there's a case to be made for Ice 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 as well, just because mm. he has been, again, he's been playing for some legendary teams, getting good results, and he has played all of Dota 2. He played from right from the start. He was in, he was in Scythe in TI1, right? And he got third, I think. I believe Ice 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 did play in that team. Um, I think he's played almost every TI, and yes. he's been getting good results in his region consistently. So there's a case to make for him. He played in the legendary DK team with Mushi and Lanham and Black, the one that was the team that was supposed to win TI. What was it? Was it TI six that they were supposed to win, or was it um, TI five for DK? Remember. Yeah, that was, was TI four even. TI. It was TI four. Right? Four, I guess. Yeah, they were. <clears throat> All right. So who is it? Make a choice. We got Puppy. We got uh, FY. Let's say Ice Ice Ice. And Let's ice, ice, ice. Okay. Let's Mid lane. Say, yeah. Sumail up there. Yeah. It's Topson. 2015 and onward for him, right? Topson's too new. Too new. It, like with the metrics we're using, we can't pick any of OG's new players, right? Because they've I agree. had insane results, but it's not over a very long time. So yeah. what do you consider of all time? Um, Ferrari comes to mind as the original, but he hasn't been there of, of late. Obviously, Dendi is probably yeah. in the same category, kind of dropped off. Dendi was sick for the first couple of years. He got a first place and two second places, right? TI 1, 2, and 3. Mm. So that's... If he didn't have such a drop-off in the last years, I think at TI 6, he would probably still be my pick, but I don't think he will anymore. I think there's been too much, too much of a <clears> downfall probably for that. Um, Do you think Sumail's too new to be in this category? 2015 is a pretty sizable chunk of the game, right? Like yeah. some of the players where we said it's too new, it was 2017. Like Thompson, I agree, is too new probably, even though he's god tier. But Sumail has had so many sick results and so many standout performances over five years, and he has he had that little little stint in the offlane that didn't go very well. But every time he's been on mid, he's been fucking up. He's never I think Sumail would be my choice probably. Yeah. Probably Samel. Let's say okay. Samel. And position one, the one that gave oh. you the most trouble. This one is less clear as well. I don't know why it is for me as well. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Because it feels like as the carry, maybe TIs are more important of a metric because you're the one carrying your team. Would you agree with that? Like captain mm. and carry? Because if no, not, I, then Arteezy really might be the one. Part of, I think part of the reason we're struggling with it is that 
carries in a lot of games, win or loss, don't have as many memorable moments because they spend a lot of the game killing creeps, right? So you just probably have like less of a holy shit highlight way of thinking in your head. Position five you remember because it's often the drafter and the captain, so they're talked about a lot and Wait, get a lot what, of credit. What position would miracle would you consider miracle? <clears throat> Historically. Yeah, that's another, that's Is he a mid or a carry? Because yeah, he's in he's that discussion quarter, right? for both, I think. I mean, that's another thing about this entirely. Like, should you even be placing people based on role? Because some of the greatest of all time have played multiple roles, and how do you gauge it then? But uh, right. best carry. So Ramsey's brought up again. I think Miracle should be in the discussion. Uh, Arteezy yeah, should be in the discussion. Uh, what's a Chinese like burning? I think it hasn't been there recently, so maybe that is out of the discussion now. Um, all the other Chinese carries that I'm thinking of are like super new now, like the last couple years. Yeah, I think Miracle's change to be carry is too recent for that to, to count for me. Mm -hmm. I think it's also it's also really difficult without looking at stuff just because sometimes when I think about Dota stuff, I'm like, man, that was so long ago, and then it was two years ago. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's pretty recent, and it's like five years ago. Like the chronology is, honestly, a lot of the time, it's hard to remember what happened when and everything that happened, right? There's just so much when the game changes as much as it does. Players change. Uh, a lot of the time in, in like sports, like NBA, like you'll get to, you know, there's players that are profiles for more than a decade, maybe even two decades almost. Yep. Uh, and it, it's way more like consistent because the game remains the same. So they don't like switch roles or something like that in the same way. But it does make it pretty difficult. Come to a decision. You have four out of five. You're close, man. <laughs> Honestly, really don't fucking know for this one. I just don't know. All right. Your choices are Arteezy. Okay. And Arteezy. I think Arteezy's probably the choice, the more I'm thinking about it. He's been very consistent, just hasn't won TI, but very consistent as a carry. He hasn't won a major either. Can you have, I mean, That's can you have true. a greatest of all time that has not won one major tournament? No. I guess I, not. I, I actually forgot like, about that. I mean, again, it depends because you can be the best player in the world and never win. Like, it, it's possible. Yeah. I, I've been there. <laughs> um, I'm there every day. All right. Pick Miracle then. He's won and he's an amazing carry. He's just so new, man. I mean, you could say he played mid, mid as carry, right? For a lot of those years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. So. Uh... <laughs> I would definitely say. How can I explain this? I think in Dota 2, the player that was the most better than the rest of the field the for a time was Miracle. <laughs> yeah. There was like half a year where Miracle was flat out a god. It was reminding me of when Vigos was the best in Dota 1 for a while, where it was mm -hmm. just like, he just had an X factor that other players couldn't compete with, but now they've caught up, right? But there was a, a time when you could make a case that Miracle was just the best player in the world because his foresight and his ability to gauge fights and know when to engage and when to disengage play on limits was unmatched. But Okay, so what's um, the final list? Give it to me again. Puppy carry? Or <laughs> puppy. Yep. There puppy, it is. Thanks, puppy not guys. only uh, position carry. five, but captain, I assume, is what you were kind of encompassing with that one. Uh, position four was FY. Position three was Ice Ice Ice. Position two, Sumail. Position one, Miracle. I think that's a good is list. Is that what you're saying? 
Okay. That's no. That let's say that this is what we agreed on. All right, I'll do one NBA player then, because you took one of mine. Who did I take? So I will take point guard John Lennon. Okay, thank you. All right, so I'll try to make no. this one quicker because it's less point interesting for people. Point guard is a position, right? Yes, point guard is a position. All right, I'll I'll, I'll name three players that I think you will put in your list. Okay. LeBron James. Okay. Steve Curry. Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry. I fixed. I I hand. I handle it. <laughs> Steph Curry. Okay. And Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Very good choice. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's start at position five, which is the center position. Um. Wow. I guess the best of all time. He's dead. He banged about 50,000 chicks, apparently. Do you know who I'm talking about? Have you heard of this guy based on that alone? Gen Genghis Khan? Did he play basketball? Genghis Khan? No, he didn't play basketball. He banged it's more than 50,000. Shannon. It's Genghis Khan. In, in American English, it's definitely Genghis. But I'm you sure it's horribly it's mispronounced. Steve Curry as well. <laughs> so center position, I will say, is Wilt Chamberlain. It's called Wilt the Stilt. And the reason he's called Wilt Distill is because his penis was so large, it was like a third leg, Cinderin. Uh, so he banged you're putting him a lot in your of chicks. Best of all time because of that. No, it has nothing to do with that. I think he was actually just the most dominant center of all so time. So you're saying he was the goat fucker, basically? Uh, yes, in more ways than one, for sure. Position okay. four, which is the power forward position. This one is, I would normally pick somebody like a Charles Barkley or a Karl Malone, but. He technically did play power forward, even though he was as tall as a center. Tim Duncan, I think, is clearly the best power forward of all time. So that would be my choice, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, position three, small forward, very easy. If you consider him a small forward, I guess some of it's positionless, which is kind of an issue. But LeBron James, I think, has to be in that category, unless you consider him a power forward. I think he's a small... I don't fucking know, actually. I think small forward is probably LeBron's position. And then position two, shooting guard. I mean, Michael Jordan, that's Tiger Woods, as you called him. Uh, can put them in the, that category, Cinderin. That's super easy. And then point guard is really hard, actually. I don't know. Uh, I was not going to put Steph Curry, actually. Um, there's Obviously, I'm very biased. Steve Nash. There's Gary Payton. Oh, my God. Who the... Who the heck would be the best? There's no way I would put John Stockton as the best point guard of all time. Ooh, Cinder, I need some help on this one. Go look up point guards in the NBA. Okay. I'm going to Google it. Best your... NBA point guards of all time. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's probably Magic Johnson then. I don't know why he slipped my mind. Okay, I'll go Magic. That's actually pretty easy as well. So That is my GOAT list for Wait, the so NBA. Did you pick any of the ones I said? You didn't pick Steph Curry. You didn't pick LeBron, did you? I picked LeBron. Oh, you did pick LeBron. Okay. Yes. And who was yeah, your third? I was paying a lot of. I was paying a lot of. You money. said uh, Tiger Woods, which I'm sure you meant Michael yeah. Jordan. So yeah, that counted no, as well. No, Tiger. You didn't pick Tiger Woods. <laughs> All right. Well, that is <laughs> this week's episode. Uh, we should be back to the normal time next week. Thanks for watching, friends. Cinderin, have you seen In Bruges? No. Great. Great to see. Thank you so much, everybody. Until next time, Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.